Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Keely and this is episode number three. I'm so excited that you exist with me today. And let's get started. Today we are talking about energy. How can you raise your vibration? How do you lower your vibration? What are little things that you can practice and you can do in your current life to help that energetic flow? Now we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. We gave a brief synopsis over the seven major energy centers in the body, the chakras. Talked about essentially what the physical, emotional, ethereal correlations, what you can do generally in your life to improve those energy centers. And then in turn, we always see the other side. What are some things that you can do to restrict the energy flow and and movement in those centers? And today, we're going to go in a little bit deeper into the principles. That sounds boring, but it's not. We're going to talk about different practices today that you can do in your life that don't cost you a red cent, doesn't cost you going to a different country and spending thousands of dollars on a retreat that most likely was taken from some kind of indigenous (laughs) um, family or tribe of the area. We could talk about all, we'll get into the appropriation aspect (laughs) of spirituality a different time. Clearly I have my opinions. We can talk about today, what we can do for today. And congratulations, (laughs) because we have a lot of keys here and our conversation hopefully will allow you to reflect on what's on the inside. So without further ado, let's do the damn thing. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care if you are deeply, deeply devout and religious and part of the Abrahamic religions. I don't care if you believe in an energy. I don't care if you're atheist. I don't care. I I generally just don't care as long as you're not harming anyone. I don't care what your belief system is. You know what energy feels like. You know what it feels like when a situation feels off. You know what it feels like when your friend is having a bad day. You did not have to guess if your mother or your father, whoever you lived with growing up was upset with you, or maybe your partner, maybe your children. You, you know, right? There are context clues within our bodies our faces, but explain why you enter into some rooms you've never been into and you feel an uncomfortable feeling. It's energy. It just is. How come after a breakup, sometimes a feeling of that person lingers? Yeah, you're thinking about them, but every time you're thinking about them, you're tapping into their energy. You're tapping into memories associated with your emotions, your energy. 
so I don't give a shit what anyone believes. There's no undeniable piece of energy. You just can't, any way you shift the diamond, it exists and it is present for each and every one of us. We wouldn't have the eight limbs of yoga if energy didn't exist. We wouldn't have yoga, the asana practice, right? The, the, the shape practice, the, the posture practice without energy. We wouldn't have music without energy. How, where, where would that come from? The logical mind? Baby, what? <laughs> you're gonna tell me, you're gonna tell me that someone can create magical pieces of art or music from the most logical standpoint it doesn't exist how in the fuck would prince exist as he sit here with a prince shirt on how would this man exist they wouldn't so if it's an undeniable fact that we all feel energy we know when our energy's off we know when we're not feeling well, and we have, most of us, a general understanding of the things that make us tick. Right? So what I want to talk about today is how little things, how you can, certain principles about how you can truly and consciously, in a state of awareness, improve the energetic body and strengthen the energetic body that you have. In spirituality, we say as above, so below. If everything is nature, nature embodies certain patterns. Therefore, we embody certain patterns. And these energetic spaces inside of our bodies allow us to take constant inventories of what works and what doesn't work based on how those patterns are seen inside of our bodies. So what are some basic things? that we can do to help the energy centers in our body. And let's not even use, use energy centers or chakras. What can you do to feel better? What do you consciously do? Because life, I'm gonna be honest with you, is not all rainbows and butterflies. And I talk about positivity all the time, but I'm not delusional. Some people have it very, very hard in this life. Many people have it very, very hard in this life. So what are things that we can all do? to improve our energy. And maybe this is complete selfishness because I want to feel better. I want to feel healthy. I want to be able to get up in the morning and help my children live the best lives that they possibly could. Or I need to make this relationship work because I know that me and my partner really love each other. To a certain extent, you have to consciously be aware of where your personal discrepancies lie 
because I don't give a fuck who it is. The Dalai Lama has things on a daily basis that he has to look in the mirror at and for, be present to those moments, that guidance, and then act accordingly. The Dalai Lama has the choice to not. As above, so below, right? As do we. So what are some typical things, right? To enjoy the energy, to grow the energy body. Eating healthy, obviously. Moving the body, yeah, for sure. Being around people that serve us and that make us feel inspired, yeah. Recently, I've been, I, I've been dealing with a lot of clients that are trying to better their lives. A lot of clients that are trying to step into maybe an entrepreneurial role or surround themselves with people that believe the way that they believe because they're seeing a, a difference between their energy and their passion and those around them. There is no better and there is no worse. It's just observation. And my clients are seeing a lot of people around them. They're like, they either don't believe in what I believe in. Maybe the thing that they believe in is themselves or a different spiritual path, uh, a different job, a different, you know, location, different set of principles. And they really, my clients really, really will truly, truly feel in their heart that they want to live who they are. But the people around them are in a different energetic state. So what do you do when you're, f you're faced with that decision? Now, I can't speak on behalf of everyone for everything. There are a multitude, a rainbow of different variables for every single situation. So I am not here to give you a blanket statement. I'm only here to present the energetic differences. So if you're in a space, and I, I, I mean, we could talk about friends, we could talk about partners, we could talk about family relationships, we could talk about, you know, relationships, especially from when you were a different version of yourself. I find this often in spirituality, where I talk to someone that says, I am not the person I was five years ago or 10 years ago. I didn't operate the same. I was drinking, I was, I was, and whatever, I don't, whatever. <laughs> I was doing all the stuff that didn't make sense. And so people of my past situation literally see me as that version of myself. Now, <laughs> it's almost like a disassociation sometimes. And I've been through this myself. That's why I have minimal people that I speak to from the spaces from when I was younger, not because I don't want to interact with them, but they remember a version of me that I no longer associate with, or I, <laughs> I no longer really remember even. So I see this a lot. And the only advice that I can give other than if you already know the answer, whether it's to stay 
in the space that you are at with the people that you are at. Maybe it's family, right? Maybe you, you really want to be there present for your family. It's very noble. So what can you do? I always say, and I've always believed this, especially when I started turning to a yogic path, I always had the example, and I don't know if this is from spirit, I don't know if it, I just, something clicked in me. I don't know if it was after a while I started practicing and my energy started shifting, like I, I started really coming at things from a higher state of grace, a higher state of uh, understanding. Now, it's not that those that don't trigger me didn't trigger me because they did. But I think overall, I was setting an example and I always said that it was the example that you set that plants a seed in other people to kind of confront their energetic imbalances. And people are always expecting, <laughs> I don't really understand this, but people always expect other people to be fucking with them. And maybe it's just like in our programming, right? I hear all the time, especially from my earth sign friends, they're like, you know what? I think that person's messing with me. I think that person's lying. And my brain goes, you know, naively, naively maybe. <laughs> I'm like, you know, where did you where did that come from? That assumption that everyone is just false all the time. This is probably a warranted reason, of course. We have to protect ourselves. But to circle back, if there are things that you can energetically shift and you deserve and you know you deserve something that more so matches your level of passion, your level of excitement, and your level of morals and ethics and empathy. Because we can go, <laughs> we can go, I'm living my truth and <laughs> completely shut out from the world. If we talk about Buddhist teachings, the middle path of non-attachment, is one of the fundamental pieces of Buddhism. Not being too far one way or the other way. So not going off into, you know, I talked about one episode, a cabin in the woods and just sitting in, in meditation until you ascend to the heavens. That's not balance. What do you mean? Like monks go for a while and they do their thing. They're giving back to the community. That is their devout life mission. But they don't stray away from the issues that exist on the planet, right? So how can we confront and be aware of some of those, again, discrepancies between other people's energies and our own? And how can we set an example? Now, if we can cut out, trim the fat, for sure. If you're around a, a group of friends that make you feel worse, that belittle you for existing or shame you for how you believe or how you feel excited or what you feel excited in or about, fuck them. <laughs> Respectfully walk away. Community for humans is ever changing, ever flowing. So there's always a community that's better suited to your energetic level. 
out there. And <laughs> as someone that is a serial mover, I generally move every couple of years or so. And that's not intentional. <laughs> that's just the wind blowing me in a direction and me finding an experience in another area. I've never had a spot that I've lived in, short really of, of the pandemic, because I did kind of find an internet community. I did find um, some other kind of digital spaces to find friends, whatever. But there are always, always communities out there looking for people that are seeking honest interaction. And there is no hate to people that stay in kind of older mindsets. But you have to look at yourself and say, does this, does this align with how I, not even just how I feel right now, the person that I believe myself to be. Oftentimes we don't see ourselves in the present as our most potential version of ourselves. That's fair, sure. I don't think it's accurate. <laughs> Time is whatever. So truly we have an access pool to any version of ourselves. So that person that is up on the TED Talk stage that is speaking, that is a version of you. That is you. That's why it triggers us so much to go back to past memories that are attached to emotion because you're feeling it. That, that is access that you have inside of your body. So truly, what community, what environment do you want to foster inside of your own body? Maybe this is a community of advocacy. <laughs> I come from a small little town in a very rural space with not a lot of peop people of color, not a lot of diversity in belief systems. And I never really considered it in, you know, up until, you know, I lived there when I was 18 or, or what have you. But if I were to go back, I mean, I, 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 to be fair, I don't really know the environment, although we have social media and we can kind of see generally what that, what that looks like. If I were to go back home, would I have a community of advocacy for the things that I truly believe in? Would I have a community of spiritual life coachy type of annoying ass people <laughs> like what I truly believe in? I don't know. So I can only imagine people in that kind of area reaching out for that kind of community. Oftentimes these kinds of communities don't show up in the places that you initially thought. So my humble advice for that is look outside of your expectations. So if you've always been friends with the people that you went to college with or whatever, high school, grad school, whatever, you always went to uh, shenanigans with them, 
and you're like, you know what, like they're great and they're amazing and they're lovely and they're wonderful and I love them, but I really want to get into a yoga community. Online, baby. There are a lot of groups for adults. <laughs> there are a lot of groups for adults that embrace meeting in a like-minded space. But you have to truly want to create that space. You have to want to foster that environment. That doesn't mean you just kick everyone to the curb and you just say, ah, oh, fuck it, we ball. We can do whatever. It's not what it's about. It's about understanding where your principles lie, your interests and your passions lie. And if it doesn't resonate with you, I mean, think about think about the energy that you're entertaining. If you're entertaining an energy that doesn't that isn't inspiring to you, are you a people pleaser? <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Are you a people pleaser, or are you desiring? to be wanted in a circle of normalcy or status or whatever. That's, I mean, that's your call. But think about it. If you're someone that is a passionate, artistic, advocate energy and you're around people that are highly critical kind of assholes and don't consider listening to you in the slightest about your the way that your mind works it's not only discounting you as a person but it's not feeding that energy inside of you so how is that supposed to manifest like how is it supposed to create itself it doesn't so you're looking at the positives and the negatives of the energetic body here it's your choice right but we're so lucky to be in an area of instant connection. Maybe 30 or 40 years ago, this wasn't so accessible. I feel so much better. No, I mean, I don't, but I feel so much better for POCs in these kinds of environments because at least they have the internet. At least they have the knowledge to know outside of their immediate environment they can have things that they bond with others over and they don't have to feel like they're alone thinking about the social ethics aspect of all of this stuff raising your vibration looks like kindness and being truthful and those two pack a punch by themselves in the world of where we exist in right now. Kindness is not looking like a doormat. Kindness is understanding that we have it inside of us to be gentle and sincere. To instead of indulging in being intentionally hurtful, to reach out an olive branch from time to time. That doesn't mean to close your mouth when someone is being hurt. It just means being aware of the anger or the resentment or the judgment inside of our, us, our bodies, 
to say, okay, I'm just, I, I think I'm gonna invite them to lunch. They look like they're not, you know, maybe it's a school situation. I keep going back to a school situation for some reason in my mind. Inviting that person that doesn't like have other people to be around them where you're at. I think for me, this would have been such a beautiful tool to know when I was younger. It's a tool that I think that I am quite good at now as an adult, but that's only because I understood that I did not have it when I was younger. That was out of, uh, that was out of, that, that, that came from a place of being in a constant state of defense mechanisms. And a lot of kids grow up like that. There's no blame in the game. It just is what it is. And then truthfulness. Well, do you speak from an honest place? Do you speak in a way that purifies your soul? That adds conviction to the truth inside of your body? Or do you handle yourself in a way that feels self-serving and manipulative? That's your call. But there are two ends of that spectrum. Also, one of the majors is moderation. Excess of anything... And baby, I'll be the one. I'll be the one. I said in one of the episodes, I sat and studied for 20 out of 24 hours in a day when I could. We all have a tendency to get addicted to things. I'm on social media. I know how addicting that can be. The space of moderation with everything, again, replicates the path of non-attachment. I enjoy this. This is amazing. This is wonderful. And I start to see my energy shift into an erratic energy. And that's my call. That's my call to go. All right, I'm going to go take a lap. (laughs) I'm going to go breathe. This works for positive things too. I'm a fitness instructor. And for a time, I was teaching classes. I was attending classes. And then I was pushing more. So much that if I skipped a day, my brain went, holy shit, I'm going backwards, I'm going backwards, I'm going backwards. That's not positive either. You can justify anything in saying, oh, this is healthy, this is healthy. But as soon as you take your space out of a balanced mindset, you're not, you're not balanced anymore. It's very interesting, this new world of... You can achieve anything if you put your mind to it. And I agree, right? I am saying this right now. You can literally create whatever the fuck you want. But I see a lot of especially males, men that subscribe to this like fitness porn type of stuff where it's like, I ran 25 miles for 20 years and you can do it too and I did it on a broken leg and... I did it without food and I pissed my pants while I was doing the marathons and I I had a broken pinky like it it, and, and then you know there's shame and guilt around not being able to create that kind of mentality 
And oftentimes the backstory to these things are one of a few things, but I see often where someone says, I was, I was overweight, like massively overweight, which there's no, there's no correlation, whatever, but for them it was excess, right? Their, their reasoning is I was eating too much. I was, I, I wasn't um, moving my body, whatever. And this is, I'm just talking about the specific instances, right? That I've seen where they're like, oh, I wasn't doing the thing. I wasn't taking care of my body. And so there's excess in one form. And then you often see with people, <laughs> they go to the other, they, they, they swing that pendulum so they're in a negative space, right? They're in that negative state of momentum. And then they swing to the other side and they're they're working out to no end and they can't have chocolate milk or they can't have, as a random one, but they can't have a cookie without losing their, like losing their cool. Neither of those are positive. Neither of those reflect the ultimate version of a human. Because what's to be, what is human but to experience? Moving forward with that, improving your energy and your vibration is being in harmony with things. Being in harmony with your physical body. What does your physical body need is it certain kinds of foods? Maybe you don't have access to those kinds of foods, right? Maybe you can't afford it and that's absolutely okay. But how can you find different ways to serve your physical body? Walking around, exercising. Sounds silly, but like that cliche of like, I improve my body through diet and exercise. Sometimes it's, it's that simple to get you in a kicked up gear an improved energetic state of mind, raising your vibration. Harmony with your spirituality. Now I know a lot of people that have religious trauma and I completely understand and empathize. But again, the extremes on either side, whether it's being so self-absorbed self in a belief system that you are delusional to the other side and then again no no hate but the other side of the pendulum which isn't um like an atheistic perspective i completely respect that point of view it is nothing exists outside of what i've experienced and i'm not going to hear otherwise both of those states are out of um uh, excess they're out of an excess of anger or guilt or resentment or um, an unwillingness to hear the other side. I always find it so flippant healthy from when I, when I see or hear someone that moves from that extreme side and says, okay. And, and over time, they start to understand that it isn't all whatever version of, of a spiritual person or a religious person that believes that. And this motherfucker is coming from someone that has Muslim family. When I talk to someone and they're like, oh yeah, Muslims, da 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 da, and believe me, it is not an exaggeration. Every Muslim person, and I am not Muslim, every Muslim and oftentimes Arab in general people hear that. 
where people just think that their belief system reflects something. And then you see someone soften up and say, oh, wow, I actually watched, watched this documentary or I talked to this Muslim woman or whatever. And then they start to kind of soften up. Now, I'm not saying the extreme level on any side is healthy, but I'm saying we also have to have empathy for people on their journey to learn. Right? Another thing to truly pay attention to, and I want this to be a whole probably fucking five episodes, is expectations. Having expectations is beautiful and wonderful in some aspects because setting your intention, knowing that you're going to have something is one thing. But holding on and gripping on to that expectation, negative energy. That's a negative version of manifestation we can partner with the universe set our intentions um, follow passionate acts all day long as we should as spiritual beings it's a fucking magical experience that we are doing right now and knowing that we have to power power to create essentially whatever it is that we want, that's, that's absolutely magical. But when that starts to get in a lower mental space is when we start to associate our identity with that. We start to obsess over that. We start to not accept any other version of existence other than our own projected expectation. You understand how the moderation, (laughs) the moderation, that middle path is kind of the guideline for everything. And I'm going to tell you a little hint about manifestation. The major key in that that people don't talk about other than actually taking action, inspired action based on those energies, is removing the expectation doing as much as you possibly can and then literally throwing it to the universe and being like, all right, do your thing, baby. (laughs) If we trust the universe, if we trust ourselves to take that divine action, that inspired action, then we should not be holding tight to the black and white of how that looks for you. That is to implify, implicate, implicate? (laughs) That is an implication that we know better than the power that is bigger than our physical body. That is the implication that we think that we are more powerful or that we don't need the help of the universe. Then why are you calling in the universe if you're trying to control it? Then control it. Do what you want. It makes me, I mean, I understand, but it, it, it sometimes makes me a little frustrated when I have people that'll do, um, and I usually don't, I, I don't take clients like this anyway, but they have, they want to do sessions and essentially they, they just want to hear the right answer, their, the answer that's in their head. And you shuffle the cards, lay out the cards say what it is 
the way that spirit says it is, the way that the cards are saying it is, and then you reshuffle again, get the same kind of energy, same cards, and you do it again. Yeah, but do you see this happening? Do you see this happening? Why are you holding on to the expectation? Why are you holding on to the control? Now, as a hypnotherapist, I could say, where did you not have control as a child or as a young adult? Who took away that control for you? Can you, would you be willing to release that burden that you have to control everything? Otherwise things will fall apart. What fell apart in the past? Does that still apply to you? Are there certain misconceptions that you formulated at that time that led you to this belief system? Maybe. Another thing that we can focus on to improve our energy and our vibration is looking inside. Not inside of the box, not inside of a closet or inside of the hot Cheeto bag. <laughs> inside of ourselves. When we look and turn inward, and if, if y'all know anything about yoga, you know that I'm going through the eight limbs just as like a, a little Easter egg, but turning inward. It implies, first off, that we're not narcissistic. <laughs> if you ever wonder if you're narcissistic and you are doing work inward, like really reflecting on yourself and understanding yourself, most likely you're not. But when we do that, we imply that we understand that there are things for us to work on. Therefore, we are not flawless in our actions. This gives us a certain amount of responsibility that we have for how we conduct ourselves outside of our four walls. Everything on the outside is reflected inside. How you believe reflects the outside world. And so really taking a good inventory of your true belief systems and also how you project your emotions. How you may be toxic to other people and always looking at it from a space of honesty. And then you get to the shadow work of it. These are fucking ugly pieces of me. They're perfect and radiant and amazing and I am a perfect, wonderful piece of artwork. But how can this artwork be a mural, right? How can this eight by eight version of myself be a mural so others can be inspired by it too. And maybe your goal isn't 
inspiration for other people, but maybe your goal is to set boundaries and you just don't know how to. Reflecting on how you could possibly set boundaries, given your pros and cons and the typical reactions and the typical energies of those around you or the people that exist on the planet. It takes the judgment piece out of the equation for a while when it comes to other people. Another thing to improve your energy and your vibration is conscious breathing. And it sounds silly if you don't practice mindfulness or you don't practice breath work or you've never practiced yoga or... um, I know a lot of times athletes have to really focus on breath work. But if you're if these lanes are foreign to you, you're like, okay, dude, I can breathe. But like cool, dude. <laughs> there are so many practices that help cleanse the energetic bodies with different techniques of the breath. But beyond that, for me, it's about getting your mind into a calm space. A mindful space. The breath is the connection with the ethers that we have. And so when we consciously use the breath to calm the body, we are moving from the sympathetic nervous system, so that's the fight, flight, um, fight, flight, freeze, area of the body and then we transition to the parasympathetic nervous system so this is us consciously shifting from being into defensive mode at all times which surprise surprise anxiety anxious people often myself the people that operate in an anxious state of mind or an OCD state of mind or a controlling state of mind, a judgmental state of mind, oftentimes you are in your sympathetic nervous system and guess what can't happen there? Your body cannot repair itself. So it's completely working on fumes after a certain amount of time. With mindful breathing, we are given a tool to get into that parasympathetic nervous system, oftentimes in states of anxiety. So we're giving ourselves a vibrational boost, an energetic calm sedative of sorts and of awareness in a space that typically ignites fight, flight, or freeze. You know how powerful that tool is? There's so many different techniques and and personally I've never gone to like a a quote unquote therapist. I'm a hypnotherapist so I've done a lot of hypnotherapy but I've never done like the traditional go to a therapist, sit down, talk about the stuff, process there. I think I supplement some of that stuff with the speaking that I do that doesn't take take away from the actual therapy itself though. But I found ways for myself to help myself. But I know in therapy, they give people tools to consciously breathe in moments of that fight, flight, 
or freeze. Flight, fight. It's like the, the tongue twister gets me, that one. But we have a tool to bring ourselves into a state of mindfulness, which <laughs> a lot of people give a lot of excuses about why they're so stressed, why they're so stressed. Pranayama, which is breath work, conscious breath work, says, bitch, I know you're stressed. Take a fucking breath. Breathe. It only takes but two seconds to ground yourself and go back about your business. We are in such a fucking world in the West where we're competing for the less amount of sleep, the more amount of work for the system, the more amount of keeping up with the Joneses in one form or another before it was, you know, dinner parties, whatever, however many decades ago. Now it's Instagram posts. The energy is the same. The medium has switched. We like to keep ourselves in stress situation because it shows in our communities that we are valuable to those communities. Is that healthy? Fuck no. <laughs> no. And what does that take for us to get out of that space? The only thing it takes is us to continuously be in a space and a state of discipline when it comes to getting us back into a parasympathetic nervous system space. Rest and repair. Y'all wonder why you're tired a lot. Me often wonder. Me wonder why I'm tired. And then I remember I have not rest. I have not meditated. I have not consciously been breathing. I have been swallowed up by my anxiety. And for some reasons, humans love the excuse of, yeah, I'm just busy, I'm just busy, I'm just busy. No one's asking for you to sit in downward dog for five minutes. Like, no one's asking for you to sit in a lotus position and meditate and do kundalini yoga. It takes a couple of breaths. It takes an affirmation or two in the morning. It takes on your way to driving to work or to school to listen to positive music instead of something that gets your heart rate at a speed that doesn't necessarily work. And then you're drinking your coffee or you're drinking your tea and then you're amplifying that energy. And many of us have anxiety. <laughs> It also helps us bring ourselves back into center with ADHD. Helps us in feeling more supported when it comes to depression. And I can only truly speak on the behalf of ADHD, anxiety, and depression because those are, that's me. As a spiritual teacher, I acknowledge that those are things that are natural within me. And I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily jump on the train of like saying you can cure your bleh with bleh. But I do think, because it's naturally in me, I, um, little, little sidebar, 
I was practicing like crazy for years. I was really in a space, and you can hear anxiety in my voice sometimes when I speak because it just is who I am. But for years I was practicing and I was in my most physically fit form and I was meditating and I was teaching multiple classes a day and I was going to school for hypnotherapy and I was really in a space of presence and my highest form, which is studying. And I didn't have anxiety because I was in the discipline. I was giving myself constant tools. I was constantly being passionately stimulated and my heart was being stimulated. And I was sorting through wonderful traumas and passions and um, creating my manifestations right before my eyes. So yeah, I didn't have anxiety for a number of years. And then weird thing about spirituality is when I stopped it. I stopped it. I was going through some really fucky shit on a few different levels and I stopped it and um, I'll get into a story in a later date because I think that's worth an entire podcast episode but I stopped it for two years and guess what came back my anxiety guess what came back my depression but like times five (laughs) because I was also then at that point I had known what made me feel the happiest and that was bettering myself bettering my clients bettering people around me and studying spirituality philosophy life coaching and I was also I I had um taken myself out of my life path so there it was like fucking fivefold if not more So, all in all, the energy of breathing allows us to rest, digest, gives us a very simple tool that we can never call in sick from. (laughs) It's easy. And then with that, I think one of the most important things and that goes back to the removal of expectations is surrendering and it sounds silly it sounds counterintuitive because we are divine beings but again when it goes back to the expectation holding ourselves in a space that we cannot possibly uphold because the universe is ever changing. We can plan for tomorrow, but tomorrow a bus could go through half of our house. No one gets hurt, but like half of our house. Motherfucker, you couldn't have planned for that shit. Surrendering to the universe. Sometimes when we just throw our hands up and say, I'm just going to let it happen. Motherfucker, that's when it happens. <laughs> there is such a cliche around relationships that when you are trying and you're trying and you're trying to control whatever that is, I'm talking about romantic relationships, right? If you're in the dating stage, 
and you're trying to find a wife and find a husband or find a partner, find a partner, find a partner, and you don't find that partner because you're trying to control everything and you're not trying to experience. You're trying to find something that fits in that mold for you. You're trying to control it. You're trying to say, I want that soulmate that is fun-loving and free and centrally compatible and loves me for me, but I want it within the time frame that I want it. I want him to be the height that I want him to be. I want him to be the blah, blah, blah that I want him to be, and I want it within six months. With all due respect, are you fucking serious? <laughs> Surrender. When we let things happen, when we trust the intuition inside of our bodies, we trust our thoughts and our feelings, we trust ourselves, we don't live ignorantly in our own echo chamber, but we allow the energy of life to move us in the correct direction and when we see that guidance inside of our bodies when we feel that passion inside of our bodies when we get the signs of hey this would be really great we just go say okay that's fine seems fun let's do it when you get signs to leave your job and you feel in your soul that you need to leave your job all right so how do we get a different job then oftentimes humans just sit in that space of fear because often it looks so foreign to do something different but the only way for us to grow is to do those different things the only possible way for us to grow is to confront the things inside of us that would counter growth which is the heavy stuff. Surrender. The self-awareness in all of this is the whole point. And so I hope that was somewhat reflective for you if you want to dive into kind of what I was referencing, that is the eight limbs of yoga. Now, as a yoga teacher, I obviously studied this and I made sure to study from a wonderful, wonderful school. Um, I think they changed their name, but at the time that I went, it was the tree um, of South LA. And they're all POC, black friendly. Um, they create yoga programs for, and this isn't a sponsorship or anything, but they create yoga programs for people of um, the LA area and um, specifically targeted at POC and black humans at like um, <laughs> at prices that are a fraction of any other fucking yoga school I've ever seen with their teachings obviously refre reflecting um, the 200 hour kind of yoga teacher alliance protocol whatever but also making sure that we specifically 
studied black bodies, POC bodies, um, bodies of curvy nature, and just at a higher space. <laughs> so, so I don't know where we were going with that, but that's where I learned about the eight limbs of yoga. And so it's, it's especially with yoga in the Western world, we often think that it's just the postures. It's just us going from one shape to another shape to another shape. Being a yogi in the Eastern world is so sacred. That word is sacred because to use it implies that you are working in the spaces of the eight, not one, eight limbs of yoga, which include ethics, mindfulness, breathing, concentration, detachment. So if you want to do your own self-study, I'm sure at some rate, at some point, we'll talk about the eight limbs in depth and I, I want to go through the different limbs and, and how they correlate into our lives and some pointers to think about, but I'll save that for a different time. I hope you liked this podcast. If you want to support us, my Instagram is KeelyMetaXO, my TikTok is KeelyMeta, my website is KeelyMeta.com. You can always go kind of anywhere to see where to order or pre-order my Oracle deck as well as my merchandise. And I want to extend a huge amount of gratitude for you being here. If you are not already subscribed to the podcast, please do share with your friends because we are new. <laughs> well, I say we, I am new, but we as a family, right? This collective is new. And I just want to extend my warmest thank you. This would not be anything if it wasn't here to be shared. So I thank you so much for being here and I will see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.